0: Hello once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building. After a few weeks on the second floor, it is great to have returned to our studio home for another edition of the Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coming up on today's show... We look back on a third straight win to start the season for the now 15th-ranked BYU Cougars, BYU 3-0 for the first time since 2014. After a 45-14 home win over Louisiana Tech, the Cougars next get set to host UTSA in a first-ever meeting between those two programs. Our guests today are defensive coordinator Eli Satowiaki and offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. We start the show on the defensive side of the ball with BYU's D.C. and defensive line coach. Good to see you, Coach E. Good to be back. Congrats on another dominant win in all phases under the Friday Night Lights this past yeah, week.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice when you're, when you're playing in sync like that in all three phases and, and uh, coming away with wins.
0: That's one of the most satisfying things through the 3-0 and start is that everyone can right now feel good about how each unit is playing.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, obviously everyone's taking care of their own side of the ball, but when the offense is clicking like that, it uh, definitely adds just to the swagger and the way the defense plays.
0: What kind of challenge did you think you were going to get from the visitors on Friday night?
1: You know, I, you know they, they won 10 games last year. Really, really well coached team. Um, it was There's a lot of, you know, I had a lot of uh, anxiety going into the game, a lot like the Navy game. I just felt like, you know what, feel prepared. But I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the game. And, mm. and uh, you know, I think coaches are all a little, always a little bit more nervous than players. And I mean, they came out confident and uh, felt prepared. And, and uh, players came out and did a really good job.
0: Well, BYU, again, outstanding in, in, in all phases. And uh, when, when 14 points are the most you've allowed in a game this season, that's a sign things are going pretty well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wish we, we could have kept those last seven points off the board. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a great lesson for the defense. I mean, some of these guys are, are one injury away from getting on the field, and we've got to make sure that, that uh, you know, our depth and just guys that are ready to play are, are, are prepared when the time comes.
0: Let's start our in-depth recap by talking first about how you got some uh, you got some defensive backs back going into the game that had to help your depth there.
1: Yeah, for sure, especially against a team like this. I mean, really dangerous, moving the ball down the field and uh, fast receivers is a one of, one of the offenses. I mean, they they were all the, these last three offenses have been, been really good, um, but this this team uh, just knew exactly how to try to attack us, and and I felt like the boys responded, but. It's it's always nice when you have corners in the game. I mean, that's that's one of the deals that is uh, really going to make or break you, corners and corners and D linemen.
0: What did you think the defensive game plan was going to hinge on going into this one?
1: Uh, really stopping the run. You know, um, felt like felt like they were a team that was committed to the run, was going to try to find a way to run the ball. Um, I think that doing so well early discouraged them from from doing that. and We felt like. They went to their, their other plans as far as just to try to attack empty formations and doing different things in the pass game and getting rid of the ball. And, um, you know, dangerous, dangerous crew on the perimeter. But, uh, you know, corners, safeties, backers just all responded really well. And besides one play, I thought that, uh, you know, tackled and rallied to the ball pretty good.
0: You guys got off to a great start on D. And it turns out you're almost always on defense to start games uh, because whenever BYU wins a coin toss, uh, the Cougs always—they have deferred every time in the Kalani Sitake era. They defer to the second half, and they win more of their coin tosses. So, on that note, are you usually expecting your guys to be ready to go and be the first guys on the field when the game yeah, starts? Yeah, yeah.
1: And for me personally, I, I prefer it that way. I'd like the defense to get out there and and uh, you know bang a little bit and just kind of get all the jitters out and and go. And so, um, it's uh, you know the 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 way that the defensive boys have responded. Um, and their excitement to get on the field, at, at, you know, first has always been always been really fun.
0: Well, against La Tech, uh, you got the ball back after an early hold. Defense played well to start the game. And again, the offense gets going early. It's another first drive score, first drive touchdown. And through three games as a team, you haven't yet trailed for a single second. Uh, the offense is giving you generally a good game to manage right from the get-go.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the defensive ball always hinges off of that. I mean, when you look at, look at the past couple of years and just, we've never really been in this situation where we're leading by this much going into halftime and, and, uh, you know, confident getting the ball back and, and scoring on the first, first possession in the third quarter. I mean, that, that changes the way that, that, the that the offense plays the opponent's offense plays. And so defensively for us, it changes as well. And we're not, um, you know, we're, we're not, we're not, keyed in, stopping the run as much. You're going to free it up a little bit to pin your ears back and go get after a quarterback, and I mean all these things play into uh, factor into just the way that your your defense plays in the second half and just really the rest of the season.
0: On Friday night, the first quarter ended tight at seven. It's the first time you haven't led after the first quarter. It was seven all, uh, and the Bulldogs got their one touchdown on a 66-yard catch and run there in the opening 15.
1: Yeah, I mean it just again dangerous. They're dangerous on the perimeter. Got really good players. Um, but, uh, you know, the key factor here was just missed tackles. I mean, there's a lot of missed tackles, bad angles, um, you know, saw some good effort, but just we have to be better with fundamentals in order to stop some of these big plays.
0: That's a good player, and when your name is Smoke, you know you've got something going for you, and Smoke yeah. Harris did yeah. take he, it all he away. way brought
1: the Smoke in this play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and when you go back and see that again, you, you, see, you see angles, you see... Fundamentals,
1: yeah. yep, fundamentals and uh, tackling, just... Just technique with tackling, angles, shape of the defense, and those are all things that, um, you know, when you're in the middle of a season, we we just actually met as a defensive staff and kind of talked and reviewed the game, and in the middle of the season, there are certain skills that start to deteriorate because you don't really, I mean, everything is is a perishable skill in, in, Mm -hmm. in football, and so... You have, uh, you have tackling, you have angles or certain things that you may not uh, have emphasized as much as you did in fall camp. Those types of skills start to perish. And so you've got to uh, bring it back up and tighten it back down and start working on things that you may have kind of let go when you were focusing on other things and trying to keep your, keep your team well-rounded and the boys you know, tightened up is, is uh, just fundamentals and technique.
0: Okay. Uh, it was a 7-7 ball game after that Smoke Harris touchdown. And then BYU gives the ball back uh, on a turnover on downs, I think, at that point. So it's 7-7, offense gives the ball to a La Tech in a decent part of the field. But then, as we've seen so far this season, the defense tends to respond immediately and, and put yourselves back in a good spot. And this is Troy Warner this time getting his first career interception.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was his first career one. That's, that's kind that's of surprising. Great. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's always uh, the kid with great ball skills, you know, does a really good job and just put himself right, right there in position to make that play.
0: And we've talked about it before, but there is a real mindset um, if BYU gets put in a rough spot um, by the offense, and it's rare this year, that you guys go out and and do what you can to to just you know tip it right back. And you yeah, get
1: it. yeah, I think it's all part of, of playing complementary football. Um, you know, our our willingness on defense to to get their backs when they're being a little bit more aggressive. Has, has paid off, and the mentality and the mindset that Kalani's given the boys is, has been huge for us, and just the way that they've taken the field after something like that.
0: Okay, there was a stretch there where La Tech had six straight possessions with six punts, including three, uh, three and outs, and BYU's forced, Kochi, e, uh, three and outs on 42% of opponent possessions. That's a big number so far, and a big momentum builder for the D.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, and you know, it's uh, credit, credit the boys, you know, they've, they've done a really good job of just keeping everything in front of them and, and tackling well and, and uh, playing hard. I mean, it's I, I didn't know that we had that many three and outs as far as just th- throughout the season, but um, yeah, the boys are playing really well.
0: Yeah, 15 in 36 drives uh, for, that, for that percentage you see there. And so three and outs are big, and the other three would be third downs. And, and third downs, uh, you're right where you want to be as well. You're under 25% in third downs allowed, and that, 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 that'll win you a lot of games. Yeah,
1: yeah for sure, for sure.
0: So BYU leads LaTeX Tech at 28-7 at halftime. And time for a break. When we come back from this break, we'll finish our look back at Friday night's win and let you know who wins. Uh, Player of the Week honors on defense as we continue. First, a reminder, tune in for BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, your weekly look inside the Cougar football program. Watch it at 8.30 Eastern Time, Tuesday nights on the BYU TV app. You are in the Coordinator's Corner, coming to you live from Studio C in the BYU Broadcasting Building. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We're back with more right after this. They looked at screens, said they go deep down the far side, and it is battle for the ball. And I believe the Cougars yank it away on the sideline. It's an interception by Troy Warner with his first career interception. All right, so we are back on the coordinator's corner. This week it is 3-0, BYU home to the 3-1 UTSA Roadrunners. Cougars up from uh, 22nd to 15th. In both major polls this week, BYU seeking its first four 4-0 start since the two thousand fourteen season. Cougars getting to three 0 with that 45-14 home win over Louisiana Tech last Friday night. Seven-seven ball game was blown wide open. As during one stretch, La Tech punted on six straight drives. BYU scored on six straight drives. And uh, coach Eliza Tuiaki, you mentioned the, the phrase in the first segment. And again, that's also part of complimentary football. While the defense is forcing punts, the offense is scoring touchdowns almost every, every time down.
1: Yeah, when, you're, when your offense is is, uh, is performing at the level they're performing, it just makes it a lot easier to play defense.
0: How much time do you have, and we've discussed this, to, to see all of what the offense is doing, A, and then B, did you see in particular uh, the Mason Wake play on, on <laughs> Friday night? Because that got everyone fired up on the sidelines.
1: You know, I didn't see it until I saw the highlights. I think my head was down and I was writing okay. or something. But uh, I, I saw some of I saw videos and some some of the tweets of just – that's the factor. That, that was that was impressive.
0: That's a guy that uh, ran like a defensive player almost. Like like that, that that was a punishing run, wasn't it?
1: That was that was uh... Um, I, I looked up, uh, you know, I didn't catch it, but I heard Colin. he said, that guy reminds me of myself. <laughs> so,
0: well, fullbacks was, uh, love fullbacks. That's and, right. Uh, that's and, right. And, and, and Mason can do a little bit of everything on the offense. But some defensive uh, numbers of note, as you see uh, just how well BYU is playing defensively by every measure through the first three games of the season. Uh, among the numbers I want to hit on are uh, our our havoc plays. Uh, you've, yeah, yeah, you had six TFLs uh, Friday night, including three sacks, three hurries, two PBUs, two picks. It was the first game of the season for you with multiple takeaways, and you, and you knew they were coming, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we didn't. We talked. We talked about last time not overreaching and trying and try to make it happen that they would come if we just uh, continue to play sound football. And so, um, you know, thought thought that uh, again in the previous game, there's always opportunities that you end up missing out on, but we were able to capitalize in this game.
0: And BYU's uh, three sacks uh, all came from one guy. We'll get to him a little more in depth here in a second but the way the defensive line is being disruptive right now and off times with just three-man pressure is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah those boys are playing really well. I think we've got a tough group of of D linemen. We've got um, we've got guys that are that, that could be starters at other places that are backing up right now and so we're really really deep at the d-line and feel good about their production just this this year
0: is there anybody you're missing that you're going to get back at any point this season on the deal
1: um uriah leotawas uh one that's that's missing right now and he had an injury in fall camp but he started practicing uh about a week ago and uh so we'll We'll probably end up seeing him either this week or next week.
0: That'd be a big, uh, a big benefit for you guys, he's yeah. A player yeah. and, and we just kind of out of sight, out of mind sometimes, but you hope yeah. to get him back.
1: Yeah, and he was he was playing at a high level when he did get hurt, and um, I know he's excited to get back.
0: I know we saw Caden Hawes limp off at one point, uh, and maybe the only guy that really required any attention on, on Friday night. Will he be okay? Do you think? Long yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Caden will be fine. I think just banged up and bruised up, but I think he'll be fine.
0: Okay, back to BYU's three sacks on the night, as they all came from one guy. Uh, and that's freshman Tyler Batty. And he was close on a couple of others, too.
1: He was. He's, he's a phenomenal player. I mean, uh, you know, even in the, in the touchdown that we ended up giving up, I don't know if you saw, but he, he, uh, he blasted somebody. So he was probably the farthest guy upfield. And just his effort to the play, I mean, he ended up almost catching the guy with the ball. And so he's, he's a guy that plays with a high motor. He's got uh, a lot of ability um you know in our in our room in the d-line room we always talk about uh, a sack a sack by one belongs to sack by everybody and Mm -hmm. you know some of the sacks that he ended up getting was 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 a quarterback push to hit to him um and his relentless effort's been really really good like that one right there um but uh I mean, he's he's going to be a guy that's going to be fun to watch for the next few years.
0: It feels like we had to wait quite a few years to get. It. I think he signed in '17. Yeah. Then a mission, then a gray shirt. So yeah. he has been, you know, in the system, but not present for quite a while. But you yeah. finally get him. I say freshman because he sometimes uh, plays and sounds when you talk to him like somebody that's been in this thing for a while.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, his name's kind of just been on the board for a while, and finally we're able to, you know, uh, see the fruits of just some of those kids that come off missions and gray shirt and and get their bodies back to where they need to be.
0: Let's tell folks that you picked Tyler Batty as your defensive player of the game.
1: Yeah, Tyler Batty, you know, just because of production. I mean, some of the other guys that certainly deserve uh, a shout out, you know, Kyrus and Bracken and Keenan, you know, Keenan Peely and some of the Peyton Wilgar. these guys are all guys that are now, the way that they perform is just another day in the office. But uh, to have that type of production, you know, as a freshman to come in with the limited snaps that he has and, and do what he did. I mean, Tyler certainly, uh, you know, turned a lot of heads, and uh, I think I think uh, Cougar Nation has a lot to be excited about having for the next for next couple of years.
0: You mentioned motor. What are some other skills he possesses that uh, really uh, benefit him at the position he plays?
1: Yeah, he's he's tough as nails. He's tough. He's got a motor. You know, obviously being six five and that big and strong and and uh, flexible explosiveness. I mean, he just brings a lot to the table and and uh uh you know we i don't know if we've had a dn uh, in that in that mold for a while and mm-hmm. so um he's he's a guy that's going to be a good player for us
0: last couple thoughts on friday night's game byu took a 38-7 lead into the fourth LaTeX only two possessions of the fourth quarter saw a long touchdown drive and then a pick on the final possession and that one bulldog drive was seventeen plays over seventy five yards, but you had a lot of different guys getting reps on that drive
1: yeah we had we had uh, a lot of guys that uh, need experience uh, you know guys that are like I said, one play away from getting in the game and there, there's, there are a couple of third downs and, and a couple of fourth downs that felt like we could have got off the, got off the field, uh, playing a little bit a little bit more aggressively just at certain positions and just kind of tightening up technique and all that but Um, we've we've certainly got to be better when we have those opportunities to get some live reps with with guys that are are down the line.
0: Well, 45-14 ends up being the final score. And with the 3-0 record and the national poll status, which is pretty cool, uh, comes a lot of very impressive national (laughs) rankings. And and really, you can uh, defensively, uh, total defense, uh, you lead the country. Uh, Your top five in scoring defense, yards per rush allowed. Uh, So the rush defense in total is also ranked fifth. Uh, Rush TDs allowed, you've only had one against you. Uh, you're sacking the quarterback. People don't get into the red zone on you. What, as the defensive coordinator, do you look at right now and say this is where we need to sharpen things up?
1: Uh, mentioned earlier, I think it's it's uh, some of these some of the skill sets that start to deteriorate, but also just being consistent. You know, um, we've got to tighten up our technique. We've got to we've got to um, you know get our depth to where where we feel comfortable about other guys coming into the game that that are one snap away from it, and just keeping our keeping our uh, you know production where it is right now but I mean the first group that's out there are are playing lights out right now and they're they're doing a really good job And if we continue to do that and bring along some of the other guys that don't have as much experience I think we'll have a good defense for years to come.
0: How do you feel about being ranked 15th nationally and being part of everyone's national conversation right now they've already taken note of BYU at 3-0 and because of the way you're winning games
1: that's a that's a great uh it's a great credit to the to the players to the boys and just everything that they work for you know it's uh off season with all the craziness of covid going on and and uh, uh you know got close to not having a season to where we are now i mean it's just feel like uh, feel like the boys boys deserve it the boys have earned it and and uh when they're when when we actually had games and and we were playing uh they showed up and played which I think you could have showed up and laid an egg, and then you could, you know, just just another team playing right now. But the fact that they're playing at a high level, the way that they are, is, is a big attribution to them.
0: Okay, so shout out to the boys, and uh, you want to give a shout out to Tony Fino, too, around the show. Oh
1: yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's that's my guy. I, I follow I follow all his stuff and uh, all all the tournaments that he's in, and sometimes I'll go into the app and and look at every single shot. and Just I mean, he's a he's a great guy and a, and a great representative for the Polynesians and. The golf world Do
0: you guys have a relationship yeah yeah when did, when did you right. when did you first meet him
1: uh met him a couple of years back um you know reno reno introduced us and then we were able to go out and play a couple of rounds together and no kidding and uh you know he was he was squatted down i was asking him some questions squatted down filming me brought up the you know started to kind of teach me a little bit about some of the <laughs> stuff some of the principles of golf and a swing and he was kind of fixing the hitch and giddy up in my in my backswing and all that. And so it's fun. But he's, he's uh, I mean outstanding person, just one of the nicest people you'll ever meet.
0: That is so cool. Good to know. Uh, as we go to break, a reminder that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality, and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and now in Harriman. Saturday. It is 15th-ranked BYU home to UTSA. Get your game day underway on BYU Radio with Cougar Pregame Live. That'll be at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time, 11.30 a.m. Mountain. When we come back, an early look at UTSA and your questions for Coach Tuiaki from social media. You are in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We're back with more from Studio C on the BYU campus right after this. Oldroyd hasn't given them much to do in way of returns. Here's a returnable kick from the one for Tucson. And Tucson is kept shy of the 15 yard line. Got to the 12, is all. You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. This Saturday at LaBella Bridge Stadium, afternoon kick, 1.30 Mountain for 3-0, BYU hosting 3-1, UTSA. The Roadrunners losing Saturday at UAB 21-13. And uh, Coach Elias Tuiaki, uh, UTSA struggling in the passing game. Kind of understandably, the starter was already out. Uh, the number two guy gets hurt on the first play of the game and gets knocked out. They went to number three and replaced him with number four by the end of the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. We're planning on playing the starter that uh, that missed this last week, um, but it'll be interesting who they who they put out there as a starting quarterback.
0: And the starter, if he does get back in, guy's name is Frank Harris. And before he left uh, at the halftime, I think I think it was uh, late in the first half of the Middle Tennessee game. I think he gets hurt and doesn't come back in the second half. That's Frank Harris on the left. He's the number one guy. And uh, and without him, they turned to Adkins on the right. Adkins suffers what looked to be a collarbone injury on the first snap of the game at UAB. And then they were down to three and four. But uh, uh, Frank Harris, is uh, he looks the part. He's a good one.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's uh, got a lot of ability, uh, does a really good job just, you know, getting the ball downfield as well as taking off and running. Yeah. Um, you know, besides Navy, we haven't really faced a guy that that uh, takes off as, as much as this guy does and has the ability to run. So. Game plan's got to be a little bit different, and we gotta we got to be ready for him.
0: Nothing definitive on his status, but uh, they thought he was close last week, and they might have been saving him for a game like this. Didn't want to get him re-injured. Uh, either way, style of play, uh, you've played three teams so far that don't use tight end, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it comes right down to it. Um, and the roadrunners will spread you, but usually not four and five. It's like three wide, pretty standard, and they will throw to a tight end on occasion.
1: Yeah, this this team's different from the last two that we faced. I mean, they their main personnel is, is with the tight end, and their second mo. Uh, most frequent uh, personnel group is two tight ends. And so we've, uh, we've got to have a personnel group that matches up with that and have a game plan to, to uh, get boys up there that can stop the run and, and uh, you know, get a little pressure on the quarterback when they're trying to throw.
0: Let's go to social media for Coach Tuiyaki now in the coordinator's corner. And at uh, Tavita underscore Mac asks, Have you done anything differently this year to increase the speed of your defensive players?
1: Yeah, you know th- that's I haven't done anything. That's uh, that's all. The, one of the, the unsung heroes of just the staff is is Tafisi uh, and uh, uh, you know Justin McClure and and the, the weight training staff and those guys do a really really good job. And I think uh, you know you go through and ask the players just who the most undervalued, underappreciated staff is. It's the weight room guys, and they and they like it like that. Those guys kind of take pride, in not nobody knowing what they're doing and, and how they're doing it, but they are all just mad scientists that are that are down there in the dungeon working hard and and those guys deserve, deserve a lot of credit
0: at k hewlett Kendall Hewlett uh, with a question, how do you keep the team focused and working like an underdog instead of buying into the hype
1: that's that's difficult and that's something that uh you know we've got to continue to preach and you know I think it all starts up uh from the top. galani does a good job just keeping the boys humble and keeping them hungry and uh, but that's certainly something that we've got to continue to remind them of i mean it's with all the stuff that's going on right now and and uh, the way that that the media is talking we we've got to keep ourselves humble and and continue to work to to be ready to play
0: dylan coons tweets in uh, what does the second team defense maybe not do quite as well as the first team in allowing certain teams to drive the ball more effectively
1: a lot of times it's just experience you know we feel feel good about depth and some guys are going to be good players in the near future but it was the, the same thing that uh, we had with some of the guys that are playing really, really well now. You know, there's, there's a time when Isaiah Calfusi uh, look, looked like some, uh, you know, Ben Bywater. who's a guy with a lot of potential, but just a little bit more experience. And, and time in the weight room is going to change the way that they play. And so sometimes just a little bit, little bit more time and experience.
0: And from Stuart Maxfield, how do you think your secondary will hold up when on occasion the defensive line isn't able to get the kind of pressure it is right now?
1: you know that's uh I, I, we feel good about our secondary feel good about the way that they're playing i mean we've got more corners now than we ever had in the last four previous years and and uh you know th- those guys are playing at a high level and and uh you know obviously there's always an expectation that we're playing um, complementary football on defense, you know, where the D-line is doing a good job with a little bit more pressure, and the, the DBs are, are uh, doing their part as well, and so I think if we continue to do that, I think we'll be in a good spot.
0: On that note, uh, Chris Wilcox, and you got him back, and that was nice the last couple games. Uh, somebody people know at corner, Micah Harper, not that he came out of nowhere, but that's, that's a pretty good job for a freshman to come in and be able to start a corner the way he has been. What can you say about Micah?
1: Yeah, Micah's done, done a really good job, phenomenal job. He's a He's a kid that's aggressive, probably one of the more aggressive corners that we've gotten here in the last few years. Um, you know, he's, he's he's got a lot of learning ahead of him, but uh, having a corner like that step in, I mean, we've we've had all these other corners in the last couple of years uh, forced to step in and and play as freshmen, and he's he's done a really good job uh, so far as a freshman.
0: He has indeed. Well, coach, uh, good luck on the UTSA prep, and here's to going a four and O on Saturday. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you soon. That is Coach Eli Tuiyaki. And fans, we invite you to watch Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time before BYU and UTSA kick it off at 3.30 Eastern on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Coming up next, we'll switch sides of the ball as Offensive Coordinator Jeff Grimes joins us in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Berger Boys. You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. BYU now 3-0 after a 45-14 home win over Louisiana Tech last Friday night. Uh, The win moving the Cougs up seven spots in both major polls. BYU in the thick of the national college football conversation as we move deeper into the month of October. Second half hour of our show begins now as we move to the offensive sideline. Say hello to BYU offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. Good to see you again. How's it going, buddy? It's going really well these days. Uh... Another dominant outing uh, in in all areas on Friday. And, and when you lead the nation in total offense, uh, total defense, and your top five in scoring offense and scoring defense and special teams make every kick, there's a lot to like right now.
2: There really is. And, <laughs> and you know, I've been, on, I've been coaching for a while now, and I've been on a number of teams with really good offenses. I've been, I've been on a couple of teams where the defense was pretty good and we weren't great on offense. Um, but I, haven't, I, I can't think of a time when I've been in a position where everything was clicking on all cylinders the way it is right now.
0: And, and the teams you've faced aren't the P5s you had lined up. But we're talking about programs that all have recent double-digit win seasons or numbers of double-digit win seasons coming into this year. Uh, these are programs that have done well in their sphere. And you've done well to stop them the way you have and score on them the way you have.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. I think these are quality programs that have, that have been run well with with good coaching staffs. And, you know, all we can do is play the people that, that, that are lined up against us each Saturday. And, and I think so far we've done a good job of that.
0: And I'm certain, too, the national observers realize – the position BYU was put in the schedule basically went away at one point, and you had to cobble together what you've done. And all that said, uh, again, there are there are teams that have won a lot of games. There are now names that people know. When you bring in a Boise State and a San Diego State, and you go to Houston, I think there's enough meat on the bone to say uh, everything you've done uh, carries valid uh, weight to it.
2: Yeah, I hope so. You know, I think when you look at a when you look at a game, I think everyone can can look with with. Um, A critical eye and and say, regardless of the opponent, is this team playing well? And I think you'd have to say that to this point, yeah, we're playing well.
0: You don't fool coaches, whether it's opposing coaches or your own. And when you see BYU right now, what do you see?
2: Um, I see a, a team that has the chance to to be complete. And we're certainly not there yet because uh, I'm sure E and, and Ed and Kalani would, would agree on the defensive side. And from a special team side, there's still a lot of work to be done, but I see a team that complements itself really well. I think we're playing good team football. And when we struggle a little bit on offense, the defense picks us up or special teams makes a big play and gets the momentum right back for us. And so I think we're, we're complementing each other really well right now, and, I, and it feels like the different sides of the ball um, are playing for each other a little more than we have in the past.
0: Great. Uh, Friday night, another great start for the offense. First drive touchdown gets you out in front, where BYU spent most of its time this season is out in front. Uh, big play on the drive was a 39-yard strike to Dax Milne. What a great throw. It's back shoulder on the run. It sets you up first and goal.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I can't say enough about about Zach and those receivers. And, you know, I talked about it when we were just coming back to fall camp about how I felt like we would be ahead of some other teams because of the work that these guys put in um, on their own before we even got to fall camp. And I think the, um, the chemistry that you're seeing between Zach and these receivers is a result of that.
0: Touchdown run from Zach Wilson got you on the board early and all Zach has done so far is lead all FBS QBs in rushing touchdowns per game. That was his first of three rushing scores on the night.
2: Yeah, you know, when we, I don't want to overuse him as a runner. We know he's a very good runner um, and could certainly use him more, but I want to keep him healthy. And so when when he runs i'd like for it to count so when we get down there in the red zone it certainly gives us more opportunities to make it worthwhile to to let him make plays with his feet
0: that zach wilson score uh, put byu up seven nothing early uh, by the way under kalani sitake coogs now 10 and 2 uh, when scoring a td on the opening possession good sign always after latex ties it at seven you guys did turn it over on downs right at midfield uh but you referenced it earlier the complementary part of things. Again, the defense rises up and gets the ball right back on a pick. And it seems like every time there's a bit of a tough spot, the defense takes that to heart and seems to get it right back for you.
2: Yeah, you know, and and every time something like that has happened, in three games now, I've heard the defensive players, as they're going on the field, say, don't worry about it. Oh, we got you. And, um, Mm. man, that gives you confidence as a a play caller and as an offensive player if you make a mistake, knowing that they're going to go back out there and, and do something like that. 7-7
0: 7-7 ball game after one. It was 28-7 at halftime. Three-second quarter drives turn into three-second quarter TDs, including we've got to talk about the first career score for Carter Wheat on a great throw and catch.
2: Yeah, it, it really was. And, you know, Carter's – I mean, I've been saying this for a while, that we have a lot of young, talented tight ends. And Carter's one of those guys. And, you know, I – I recruited him, saw him at high school, wasn't being recruited a lot, and I couldn't figure out why because I thought he was a big, tall guy that could run and showed aggression in the run game. And he's getting better and better every week. And, you know, he missed some time, was out for a couple of weeks. Um, but certainly glad to have him back. So
0: this was supposed to be a Matt Bushman season uh, for a lot of great reasons. And and yet the guys who have had to replace him, and I'm going to go ahead and call Mason a tight end for this discussion. Tight ends have touchdowns. Uh, Mason Wake Byron uh, Isaac Rex and now Carter Wheat.
2: Yeah, they do. And and um I gotta say Lane Lunt is playing well also. Um and Hank Hank's gonna come back and join us here soon and that gives us another young tight end. So um I I really feel like that group has a chance to be um to be really good. They're getting better every day and and uh yeah, you're seeing those guys not only block but make plays as well.
0: Back to the first half on Friday night, Gunnar Romney uh, made a great grab to set up uh, the third TD of the game. He's become an expert, it seems, at getting the ball to the one-yard line so <laughs> someone else can
2: score. <laughs> yeah. We seem to be really good at that. I, I'm not sure why. Um, but, uh, hey, if we can get the ball down there to the one, then I feel good about us punching it in. But what a, what an amazing play for him to go up and high point it. and I think we're seeing this year just – what he's capable of doing when the when the ball's thrown up in the air.
0: The official right there called touchdown on the play. I called touchdown when I saw the signal for touchdown. They had to go to review, look at it, and then uh, call it back. And you scored on the next play on a short run. But uh, Gunner's been tremendous, and wow, three straight century mark games to start the season for Gunnar Romney through the air.
2: Yeah, and, and I've said this many times. You know, we when we recruited him, we felt like he could be that big play threat for us at receiver. And um, health and other more experienced receivers have kept him from getting as many touches as we would have liked the last couple of years. Um, but certainly this year he's come into his own and is showing what he's capable of.
0: Gunner did get his own touchdown uh, later in the quarter. A three-touchdown lead at the break. Uh, Halftime, you're going in pleased with a three-touchdown lead, I'm sure. Yeah, probably, I think he had as many penalties in the first half as you had in Three or two games leading into that game, but you overcome the infractions, and, and that's like that's nitpicking at some at some level.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think there are two types of penalties, and we look at we look at them separately. There are penalties that are that are foolish, silly penalties; those that typically come pre-snap or you hit somebody out of bounds or block in the back, things that could easily be avoided. And then there are effort penalties. And I'm not happy with any penalties, but all of the penalties that took place in this game were effort penalties. And those, you coach up on how to improve those things and and we'll learn from them.
0: Our viewers are seeing some of the big plays BYU has piled up this season. And of the teams who've played three games, you lead the country in scrimmage plays of 10 yards or more. Uh, the explosives are there for you, and, and that's a big part of what you want to get done, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely is. Um, something that we talked about after my first year here, we didn't produce very many of those at all. And it was a real emphasis for us last year. And we we climbed into, I think, the top 25 or so in the country last year with explosive plays, and and we're well over that this year. and. You know, the way college football is now, defensive coordinators play much more aggressively than they used to. And if you don't make big plays, sometimes it's um, it's hard to just move the ball methodically down the field.
0: Okay, time for a break. When we come back, we'll conclude our recap of the Cougs' Friday night win over La Tech and introduce you to BYU's offensive and special teams players of the week as we break away this reminder that with BYU's win last Friday, if you live in Utah, you can get 50% off pizza today only using the promo code BYU50 at papajohns.com. More of the Coordinator's Corner with OC Jeff Grimes is coming up right after this. The play fake, the set, the fire for the end zone. Carter Wheat is there and hauls it in for the score! Touchdown Cougars! Carter Wheat for the first time as a Coug. What a throw, great grab. Carter Wheat in the end zone for six. We are back on the coordinator's corner with offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes of BYU now 3-0, and hosting 3-1 and UTSA this Saturday. Cougars took a 28-7 halftime lead on Friday, turned it into an eventual 45-14 win over Louisiana Tech. Spanning halftime, Coach, uh, you scored on six consecutive drives, including five touchdowns. And for the game, only one three and out. You're sitting at two three and outs for the entire season.
2: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> obviously what we shoot for we want to hang on to the ball and have a chance to keep scoring as much as we can and you know you mentioned the the going into halftime us us scoring again in a two minute drive um, is something that we that we place a lot of emphasis on this fall camp didn't feel like we did that real well last year and probably cost us some games and so I think we've really gained a lot of momentum going into the half with some of those uh, Two-minute drives,
0: and that was a brisk two. It did, took much less than two minutes to get you into yeah. the end zone.
2: Was yeah, it? It just the, the when your when your receivers and quarterback are are clicking that way. Um, it doesn't take long.
0: <laughs> and it was, uh, it, I, th- I think by the time they got the ball back, there was still maybe 59 seconds to go, something like that, in, in the first half. It was, uh, it was a quick one. So the three and out thing big. Uh, as big as what BYU is doing defensively with three and outs. We talked about it with E, but, I mean, over 40% on defensive three and outs, which is uh, substantial.
2: Yeah, you know, I can't tell you how many times this year I've been on the sideline talking with the offensive players, trying to address what just happened in the previous so- series. And then somebody taps me on the shoulder, hey, coach, it's fourth down, they're punting. And I'm like, already? I hadn't even had a chance to get through the previous series, but that's a good thing. If, if it's time to go too quickly, that's all right. Yeah, that's okay. Just you keep giving us the ball back like that,
0: and we'll have fun. So 12 quarters into the season now, not only has BYU scored in every quarter, BYU scored at least one touchdown in every quarter. Points are great, touchdowns are greater, and they're coming every time you take the field in every quarter so far. It's remarkable consistency.
2: Yeah, again, I think it's a tribute to, I think the consistency that we're seeing is a tribute to the experience and maturity of our players. You guys have been in this system for a while now, and they know what they're doing, and they're playing well together.
0: So under Kalani, BYU now a 14 and 2 when they score in all four quarters of a game. And BYU has already set a new Sitake era record with points in 16 straight quarters dating back to last season. Zach Wilson, outstanding uh, through three games by, by any stat you choose to look at. More national accolades are coming his way this week. And his national numbers, really impressive. Top 10 rankings all over the place for Zach. First in completion percentage. 2nd in pass efficiency, 2nd in yards per attempt, 4th in points responsible for per game, 5th in yards per completion, ninth in pass yards per game, 10th in total offense. So he covers the top 10 with almost every meaningful quarterback stat
2: you want to look at. Yeah, he he's he's playing out of his mind right now. And, you know, I think it it, it goes back and starts with him being healthy. I think he has a lot of confidence in his ability to throw the football right now. And we're seeing... We're seeing the arm strength that he had when he was a freshman combined with the maturity, which he didn't have last year, and that that arm strength and that confidence that he had with a fresh as a freshman combined with the maturity and the wisdom and the experience that he's gained in the last two years. Because he played and played
0: so much and so well as a freshman, expectations get set to a certain level. But if you want to go back in the day... Um, you know, when you were a player, schools like BYU would introduce a guy like this in his junior season. He's in his junior season right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it, so he's the he's where he should be, yeah. and he's he's progressing in the way that we had had all hoped that he would. Um, but his completion percentage right now, and really, really his decision making. I mean, even the one interception we talked about that after after that first game, um, kind of a fluke thing, but. He's, not, he's taking great care of the football, and so us not turning the ball over has been a big key to us. Having points and being able to do what we've done, he's making great decisions. BYU
0: with a storied quarterback history, and yet Zach is the first BYU QB ever with three straight games at 200 or better in pass efficiency within a single season. And he's on a string of, of three straight and counting going into, going into this weekend.
2: See if we can do another one.
0: And efficiency is a great stat because it has to all be there for you. Um, you know, there have to be yards per attempt and yards per completion. and You've got to be getting into the end zone, and it really covers such a wide gamut. And the 85% number, I mean, you know, knock on, how long can that kind of number stay high? You hope it stays high, but uh, 85% guys don't get there.
2: No, no, and that's typically not sustainable. You see you see guys early in the season sometimes have some gaudy stats like that and we'll certainly we'll certainly challenge him and the rest of our offense to keep those up. But I'd also gotta mention there are a lot of good things going on around him. I mean he's he's the benefactor of really good protection right now. Um, he's 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 also benefiting from a good run game that's giving him opportunities with single coverage on the outside at times and so um receivers are making plays when the ball's in the air. So, yeah, it starts with Zach. And and um, any anything that anyone is saying about him I think is accurate. But I think there are a lot of pieces that are, that are working together really well right now. That's a great segue into
0: our offensive player of the game. You could have picked Zach Wilson for the great numbers he put up. But you've gone with uh, one of his receivers, and that's Gunnar Romney.
2: Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, just really, really proud of Gunner, And he's doing so many things well. And, you know, everybody sees the big plays he makes down the field, and those are certainly impressive. Um, but he does a lot of other little things as well. He, he, he runs routes full speed, whether he's getting the ball or not. Um, he's, he's blocking better and better. And, um, you know, I think with, with him, um, we're, we're seeing him kind of like I said with Zach healthy and mature and the type of player that that we all felt like he could be
0: this felt similar to the navy screen uh that you guys ran in the first game for a touchdown Yeah,
2: something that he does that he does well and you know something he's doing a lot better this year is breaking tackles making the first guy miss and yards after the catch um certainly more than he's done in the past and and you you like the phrase ball skills he's got those right tremendous ball skills he's got He's got length, and uh, when the ball's in the air, he understands how to use it. And everybody doesn't have that. There, there are some tall receivers um, who just don't understand the timing mm. and spatial awareness that it takes to go up and get the ball, and he's really good at it. And runs screens well for a taller guy. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is kind of impressive, kind of yeah. unusual yeah. for a guy with his, with his stride length. Okay,
0: so Gunner, uh, Offensive Player of the Week. In the first half hour, we had Tyler Batty as Defensive Player of the Week, and Ed Lamb has given us his special teams MVP and MVPs for the La Tech game. The player of the game for Coach Lamb on special teams was uh, Max Tooley, you see there on the far right. Then you had Morgan Piper getting top rock, and the top blocks go to Kairos Tonga, Zach Daw, and Bracken Bakri, And those would be the wall guys, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they are. Yeah. Those are some of my favorite guys. They'd be good <laughs> offensive linemen if, they, if we could switch them over. Speaking
0: of O-line, not getting talked about a lot, uh, but you are without your starting center and your starting right guard, if you want to call Tristan Hodge still that guy right now, which he was when the season began. So Friday, you're missing two-fifths of a starting offensive line. Depth has been tested and passing tests week to week.
2: Yeah, you're right. And uh, So when we lost Tristan um, in the previous game, um, it was a little bit of a blow, but we were able to move Chandon in and play guard, and then we played Blake and Harris at tackle, and... That was a lineup that we had done a lot before. Feel very comfortable with Chandon. Even though he's probably best on the edge, we feel very comfortable with him playing inside as well. This was a different one though, yep. for two reasons. One, it's your center. He touches the ball every play. He makes the calls for the offensive line, which affects everybody. The protection calls everything. Um, and um, it's a guy that hasn't played much. Joe hasn't played much, and he hasn't played offensive line in a game. so um, in meaningful minutes. And so this was a big deal and something that we, um, that we were, that we were concerned about early in the week. But as the week went on, I gained more and more confidence in Joe and, um, man, just really, really, really proud of the way that he played. He showed absolutely no hesitation whatsoever and actually added a lot of, a lot of energy and confidence to our offense with his presence on the field. So, um, Job well done by Joe. Great performance in a fill-in role. Uh, When do you hope to get James and uh, Tristan back? Um, I hope today, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll be sooner than later, but we'll 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 continue the work with the other guys until they're back with us. Okay,
0: time for a break. As we step away, we'll remind you that for your daily Cougar Sports play-by-play, tune into BYU Sports Nation weekdays at noon Eastern Time. Coming up in our final segment of this week's show. A look ahead to Saturday's home game with UTSA and your questions for the coach from social media. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys here in Studio C.
2: Coordinator's Corner on BYU-TV is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Siegfried and Jensen, serving
0: Utah families for over 25 years. BYU home to UTSA Saturday. Cougs look to go 4-0 for the first time in six years. Number 15, BYU and the Roadrunners. First ever meeting between these two, visiting with BYU OC Jeff Grimes. Coach, uh, a couple quick uh, early week thoughts on uh, UTSA's defense.
2: Uh, Very aggressive defense. They play a 3-4 front. Um, they They had some really good interior linemen. I'd say their defensive line is the strength of their defense. They're well coached. They play hard. And the defensive coordinator has kind of been um, uh, a guy that's willing to go feast or famine and really come after you with pressure. And, uh, Is that Nix? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was at Ole Miss for yeah. a while when I was at Auburn. Um, so a guy that I've, I've coached against a little bit. Um, but they seem to me to be a bunch that's going to that's show up and play hard and play physical and, and give, give you um, everything that you want in the game. Social media now from Eric Mitten for Coach Grimes. In the
0: words of Coach Mateos, he says, after three solid wins, how do you keep the team from drinking the poison and continuing to get better in preparation for tougher competition?
2: That's a great question, and something that that I try to do, one thing we do is we enjoy the win on Monday and we review the film and we we spend a lot of time talking about about what we did well and how we need to improve, and then after practice on Monday – um, we say that game is over, and I don't ever mention it again, never make any reference whatsoever to any of the three games that we've already played the rest of the week. And uh, one of the things I've been doing every week, at least probably two or three times, I either write on the board or having a PowerPoint presentation, zero, zero, mm. just Sending the message—that's our record. It's a one-game season this week, and nothing that we've done in the past matters, and nothing that we'll do beyond this game really matters. Trying to just get them focused on the the task at hand every week. Forty-five seconds left.
0: Maybe just time for this short question from Gary Slack. Who made the call for the quarterback draw that Zach scored a touchdown on?
2: Um, I don't remember. Uh, a Rod and I were talking about it, and you know, so many of the calls that we make are made ahead of time I think it was actually coach Mateos during the week that said hey why don't we look at the empty QB draw in the red zone I think he was the one who actually mentioned it first and then in the game Arod and I kind of talked about it together and go yeah that's a great call so was we a do, great. we do a lot as a staff
0: it was a great call scored a touchdown that'll do it for this week's show coach thanks for your time we'll see you next week all right, all right. this has been the coordinator's corner brought to you by JCW's the Burger Boys we'll talk to you next Monday go kooks.